This is Kenyon Drake, and you listen to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, here of course with the despicable and the deplorable, the man you know as the Trash Man. Trash Man, what's going on, brother? Ah, uh, not too much. Just came back from a massage. <laughs> what did you have massaged? What didn't I have massage? Well, <laughs> there actually, there, actually, there was one particular place I did not have massage, but, you know, I would say 95% of my well, body was massaged. Did, did you have to pay extra for them to touch all, 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 over your grimy, all, all over your grimy body and your smelly man must? No, I'm pretty sure she enjoyed it. Do you still wear, like, all-natural uh, deodorant <laughs> and stuff? Of course. I don't, I don't, See, I, I, <laughs> I don't, need so, that, I don't need that cancer. Would you say that you have a would you, would you say that you have a bit of a musky smell? Uh, I don't kinda know. Like an old, kind of like an old cedar chest you find at your grandpa's I, I, house. I would say it's complex, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> like a like a like a like a like a like an old whiskey, you know. It, you just got to swill it around for a bit. Yeah, I don't know if I want to swirl it around at all. <laughs> all right, so uh, just a, a quick reminder that you can find all of our content at rosterwatch.com. You can support the podcast by going to rosterwatch.com and getting a pro membership. And, of course, by um, liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast wherever it is that you listen. It's the only way to let us know that you appreciate this volume of content, and it's the only way that we're going to keep doing it is if we keep getting a good response. So please keep it up. Please keep rating and reviewing, especially in Apple Podcasts. That's where we watch it. I've noticed since the last podcast we haven't gotten any new reviews, so let's see if we can get those up. I think we're at 264 reviews right now. We need to get that up closer to 270 before we start next week. Okay, Trash Man, let's just get started. I see the news hitting Twitter that everybody's uh, kind of, you know, taken aback by. I'm not sure that I am. It looks like Matt Nagy and Mark Helfrich uh, had um, press availabilities when asked about how the workload was going to be spread up with the Chicago Bears between Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. They said it was going to be game uh, game dependent, game to game dependent. Um, it makes me glad that we have been taking since the very beginning of the process guys with similar ADPs like Joe Mixon, Jarek McKinnon, and Devontae Freeman higher than Jordan Howard. My question now is with this news, do you almost now consider taking a guy like Kenyon Drake or maybe even Darius Geis with ADPs of 32.8 and 38.8 over the course of the last two weeks over a guy like Jordan Howard who has a current best ball ADP on MFL 10s of 25.4? I mean, there's an argument for Ken, uh, Kenyon Drake for sure. I'm not sure about guys yet. The thing is, I mean, this is all reliant on Mitchell Trubisky taking the leap that they're expecting him to take. 
You know, this is dependent on, on having a quarterback who can get his receivers the ball consistently. He's going to, though, right? I mean, that's an awesome offensive. That's an awesome offensive staff that they've put together there. They've surrounded him with a lot of weapons. The, the blueprint is in place for this to be the 2018 version of the 2017 Rams. I, I, I know we're kind of taking it for granted. Are you saying that we might be taking it for granted that that's automatically going to happen? Right. And that kind of thing doesn't just happen? Right. I mean, like, what have we seen from Trubisky that shows that he, you know, is going is the quarterback of the future for the Bears, or one that's even going to be, you know, competent for a complete season? Uh, we we have yet to see that. I don't know. It might be like a a Dak Prescott thing where he takes a step back from a season where he wasn't even as good as Dak Prescott was. Well, all right, but I mean, well, of course, no, yes, I understand a lot of projection is in play here for Mitchell Trubisky, and I don't really see the comparison with Dak because, I mean, Dak was awesome as a rookie. Mitchell Trubisky wasn't awesome as a rookie. I mean, that's, what, that's okay. what I mean. That's what I mean. I mean, but what I'm saying is like Dak had, I mean, he fell back to earth his second season. I mean, like, what's going to happen to Trubisky? But I think the situation's the situation's different. I mean, Dak came into his second season with, and I'm so bad with getting seasons mixed up. But the last year was Dak's second season, right? Right. So yeah, so he came into his second season with no Ezekiel Elliott for the first six games. His offense was gutted. What's happened with this offense is completely different. It's not the same kind of simple-minded offense and the, and the same conservative kind of coach and, and Jason Garrett that's lost its biggest weapon and the player that is kind of well, built to feature in Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, it, like this is an offense that's put all of the pieces around him. The, Mitchell Trubisky was a sick prospect coming out, a spread offense, you know, quarterback that's gonna have now I mean he didn't you know, he didn't look like the best quarterback in the in the Bears camp last year and, and I guess I was making the comparison to Dak just being that you know there was some aspect of teams that's kind of knowing you know kind of where his strengths um, if he didn't look like the won. best quarterback at Bears camp who did Glennon yeah Jesus. <laughs> well, he, he had to have he's, he's improved oh. since then. Mike Glennon sucks. Oh, actually, no, it wasn't It wasn't Glennon. Mark Sanchez. Don't tell me Mark Sanchez. Sanchez. Get the fuck off Mark's, the podcast, Mark's, trash man. Mark's, You're not invited back. And Mark Sanchez was the best-looking quarterback, at least, you know, when you know the day that I was, the, I was at camp last season. That is a disgusting take, but yeah. it's the reason why we like to get out there and see them with our own two eyes here at Roster Watch. I, I, what does Mitchell Trubisky have to do with, with Jordan Howard and his workload, though? Because I don't see how it's based really around what Mitchell Trubisky does. It, Tr- Trubisky and this evolution of the Chicago oh, Bears offense is, is an interesting conversation on its, on its own, but how did we get on to that when we were supposed to be talking about well, Jordan well, Howard? Well, for me, for me, it's if he has to depend – on Howard, you know, because he can't really matriculate the ball down the field in the receiving game. Well, that makes sense. Uh, it's just to me, though, if you can't matriculate the football down the field in the receiving game, that means they're going to be behind in ball games, probably, right? I mean, like they I, were last year. Uh, yeah. I mean, there could be it could be very very well be the case that this year is similar to last year. We did, we don't know. I mean, I guess we're assuming because they have a better offense, they have more offensive weapons, and that Trubisky has, you know, a year under his belt that they're going to be, you know, um, better, considerably better. Um, but we don't know that's the case, and they're just kind of going off of that, just say, you know, saying that, you know, we're not going to use Howard as much, but we have yet to see, we have yet to see that, I and mean, we have yet to see that they don't need to use Howard that much. 
Jordan Howard was running back 14 last year in PPR, averaging uh, looks like, what, 12.6 fantasy points per game. But that was an up-and-down 12.6 fantasy points per game because he had games where he had 0.7, 7.6, 6.5, 5.4, 3.9, 4.3, and 2.4. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 of his 16 games. So almost half the time, he like – Whenever we get into our ADP reference tools and stuff like that, I think you're going to start probably putting those together pretty soon here. Um, whenever we start kind of getting up the the in season tools and the and the redraft sheet sheets, et cetera, I mean he's going to have a near fifty percent bust rate from from last season in PPR. So, I mean what what you know the game you were buoyed by some big games. So maybe in best ball, you know you can take the thirty three pointer versus Pittsburgh. You could take the nineteen pointer versus Baltimore. The thirty pointer versus Cincinnati. But from a week to week standpoint, I don't think it's that much different. I guess that's kind of what we've what we've come to is that even though it looks like the offensive situation is better, that's the good that's the good news on the pros side, right? Yeah. On the pros, you have a better offense that might be in better scoring position that well, at least we think it's going to be a better offense on the con side we don't know it's going to be a better offense we and we now know that Helfrich and Nagy have both said that it, he's going to be a game dependent player um but I guess what you so that's on the cons but I you can also put on the pros or just maybe not a pro or con but just a bit of context is that Last year he was a game dependent player, right? <laughs> so it's like, and he was he was wide he was running back fourteen last season. We have him being taken right now. We have him priced in right now as as running back sixteen. I think maybe what this will do is move Kenyon Drake ahead of him, and we'll have uh, we'll have Jordan Howard um, uh, sandwiched between Kenyon Drake and Darius Geis. Well, I think that's uh, that's that starts to make sense. Well, Let me ask you this. well, another thing, real quick. Is that, you know, if they are a better offense, they're going to be in scoring position more often, making, you know, they're not going to take Jordan Howard out of the out on goal line carries. So there's a good chance, you know, he actually improves his touchdown, um, his touchdown ratio this year. I think my son's over here talking, wanting to be on the podcast. So all the roster watch nation, you got to realize little Merritt Dunlap, he's a golden son and we, and we love him to pieces, but he will not fucking sleep today. So he's in here, <laughs> he's, he's in here in the office with me. So if you hear a little bit, a little babble from over on his beanbag, uh, you'll know what it is. And hopefully we can get a, a, a decent, uh, decent bit of a podcast in here before he turns into a real, it's before he turns into a real fucking pumpkin. But, um, so Jordan Howard versus just for the, for the, in the, um, if we're talking about the cheat sheet, Jordan Howard versus Doug Baldwin, who are you taking? Doug Baldwin in a Seattle defense that's lost a, whole, a Seattle offense that has lost a whole ton of targets from last season in Paul Richardson and in Jimmy Graham. In a PPR league? Yeah. I'd probably take Baldwin there. What about Adam Thielen? Both of these guys have ADPs four to three to four spots lower than Jordan Howard. I'd probably take him there. I'd probably take Thielen there too. And then what about Tyreek Hill, who has a lower ADP than Jordan Howard? He's a little bit more of a question mark for me. Why? Because of the, because are you are you are you not sold on Patrick Mahomes well, in we, Kansas City? Well, I just want to. I kind of just want to see it. You might see, You might only get to see it once before the price is way too high. It could get real sick real fast. Sometimes it pays to speculate on things. Yeah, but that's true. But he also has Sammy Watkins to contend with. 
No, I mean I understand. I think that although I, I think Baldwin, Baldwin and Thielen both have uh, have lower ADPs than Tyreek Hill. We're going to take both those guys ahead of Tyreek Hill. Even Stephon Diggs, I think you know he has eight spots uh, high or eight spots. I guess I don't know. He's being taken eight spots later than Tyreek Hill, and, and I'd prefer Stephon Diggs even over Tyreek Hill. So I think that there are a few question marks there that we have to worry about. Getting getting back to Seattle, have we forgotten that? Tyler Lockett coming out of K-State was a sick prospect. And shouldn't we be targeting him a little bit more heavily with all those abandoned targets that, <laughs> that we mentioned there in, in, in Seattle? You know, he wasn't even the one I was thinking about. Who, who You were thinking about a fucking Amara Darbo, weren't you? <laughs> you guessed it. Amara Darbo, a 240.9 ADP in best ball. So you can get him with your very final pick uh, in, in those drafts. We certainly like it. Uh, Tyler Lockett, a 153.7 ADP, which seems criminally low to me. Um, I, I think that probably he's a guy who we need to move up here on the next version of the cheat sheet. Let me ask you this. What does old man Brandon Marshall being in Seattle do for your love for Amara Darbo? Because if Brandon Marshall makes the team, which I'm not even sure he can, he, he Brandon Marshall might have, might have already fallen off a cliff. At, at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. But if he hasn't, we were penciling in Amara Darbo because Amara Darbo got uh, a good for the amount of snaps that he was in last year. He was basically a end zone specialist. You know, he, he, he was he was targeted in the end zone um, via the end zone targets that we took. I think like seven times last year. Now. <laughs> Does that excite you, baby Mary? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think seven times that, that, we, that we had last year. And I know that our end zone and goal line targets are a little bit different than some other people's because we, we don't count the one. We, 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 we count them even if there was a penalty or a pass interference or uh, if it was caught like on the one-yard line or close to the goal line or something like that because all of those are you – know, those are all – acts that were designed to occur to get that player in the end zone. And it seemed like when Amara Darbo was in there, they were interested in getting that guy end zone looks. And so I thought with Jimmy Graham gone, maybe it's going to be natural for Amara Darbo to step up into that kind of role. Now you bring in Brandon Marshall. If he is indeed uh, set on making this team and does make this team, he sure seems like a guy who might be able to kind of uh, vie for some of those targets that we were projected to maybe sneakily go to Amara Darbo right under everybody's nose. Yeah, I think so. But I also think the Seattle offense is going to improve this year. I think they're going to be more balls to to spread around. I don't mind having Marshall there. In fact, it might take some pressure off of Darbo. I don't. I mean, here's the thing. Amora Darbo is nothing more than a deep, deep, deep well, that's, flyer. Well, that's what I mean. But I mean, but I am thinking about it. And I do think that, that you know, he can provide value late. Joe Flacco loves Michael Crabtree. Do you love Michael Crabtree? It's hard not to. Even, even really? Th- well, even though, even though I, even though I, I hate him for things that he did in college to our beloved Longhorns. Well, do you know what? Do you know what he said after that Texas Tech game? He said, he said, I, 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 I dreamed it all in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did after the fact. But yeah. I mean, but you but you saw what he did there. No, he was Oakland's best receiver while he was there. I don't see what why he wouldn't be the best receiver in Baltimore. I think my son feels the same way. 
<laughs> he's just over here. He's just over he, here he getting wants, a he, big kick out of being on the podcast. He wants, he wants to parlay with the trash man. Yeah, maybe so. But uh, I don't know, man. I think that Crabtree definitely is, is the most interesting among all those guys. Um, certainly like him more than Willie Sneed, more than John Brown. John Brown, current ADP of 218.6. Uh, Crabtree current ADP of sixty nine point two four. Do I mean, you like Mike? Do do you like Michael Crabtree more than say Devin Funches? Because Devin Funches is going seven spots ahead of him. Devin Funches now has DJ Moore to contend with. Um, he'll have now Gre- a pro- maybe a full season of Greg Olson being healthy to bite up, bite into targets. We know that Christian McCaffrey might be getting more integrated into the into the receiving game. I think I think Crabtree's going to be more consistent for sure. I think so too. I mean, and you know, he's the, he's their only starting receiver over six foot, so I think you know he'll be used more in the red zone too. Well, I, I heard uh, one of my favorite podcasts is PFTPM with Mike Florio, and he takes listener questions. And I thought this was just an interesting question that he had from a listener that he kind of shrugged off. But I was just I was I was I was wondering what would you think of a three game series for the Super Bowl? I mean, I don't think it could ever happen, but would you like that? At first, I was like, oh, no, God, no. But then I was like, ah, I mean, if it's, 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 it's more football, you know, and it probably results in the best team winning the Super Bowl more often because it's really hard to be the worst team and, and, and beat the other team twice. What would you think about the Super Bowl being a, being a three-game series? To be honest, I don't really care about that. I would like the fantasy playoffs championships to be a three-game series well a lot of a lot of leagues i know that none of our home leagues that we play in have this but a lot of leagues have that two-week super bowl yeah because um, I've, I've been snake bitten too many times oh god <laughs> well don't even ask me about Gurley last year going up against loiko's fucking team <laughs> i mean my team was a steamroller dog and like and you just you run into Gurley, and it's just I mean, and Gurley was his captain that week. This is a league where we have captains, and uh, you know, before DraftKings stole our captaining idea, where you get, where you get the extra points by naming a dude a captain. Uh, we we've had captains in our league where you can get double points every week with the guy who you name captain. So you can only pick one player once every other week. So you can't do the same player every week. And it just so happened that Loiko could make his captain Gurley that week. I mean, I, I went up against him. I remember that week, dude. I had I had Camaro, who I had Captain, who went big. I had Keenan Allen, who went big. Mike Evans had a good game, all that. And I still put up like 180 points, and that dude still comes through with some kind of 210-point absolute mega throbber with a Todd Gurley captain. He had a hell of a season. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have a few listener questions here on the Roster Watch Twitter. Let's just get to them. Uh, this goes – this one is uh, – and. A reminder before we get into this, these listener questions, you can follow us on Twitter at RosterWatch. You can find all of our content with pro memberships at RosterWatch.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to it. Please rate and review the podcast in Apple Podcasts, less importantly, in Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen. We look at Apple Podcasts. That is where we draw our opinions about the engagement to this show and to this feed. <laughs> and, the, and, and the more you do it, uh, the, the more content you'll get from us. Okay, keeper league question. Keep one, and the penalty is the round he gets drafted. If you're keeping for a second time, it's half the round each time. So uh, Zeke in the second, uh, DJ in the third, or Kareem Hunt in the 10th. I think that's pretty easy, right? The, the, we're going to go with Kareem Hunt in the 10th? Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, let's see. How about this next one? Um, women I, this comes from John Trombley. Hold on. Let me put the mic down and pick up my son here. <laughs> Come here, buddy. Come here, buddy. You want to talk to all the, ro- all the roster watch nation? Okay. It says, we maniacal Derrick Henry loyalists are being swayed by the groupthink love for a shrimpy, puny little man named Dion Lewis. <laughs> Do you guys agree this Lewis love is getting cockamamie, or am I blinded by the epic rays of light coming from our golden sun? <laughs> 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 and that comes from at Bearded Whitler. Uh, love that. Love that cockamamie member of Roster Watch Nation, for sure. I mean, well, I've learned, you know, over time not to not to really doubt Lewis and his ability. You know, he's he's not afraid to, you know, be a little bit of a downfield runner. He's shown to be effective, you know, and until he isn't, it's hard to count it against him. I just think that given the ADPs, you got to take, I mean, Deion Lewis has an ADP of like 54, and, and Derrick Henry's ADP is still right there at the beginning of the third round. So, I mean, in, in, in a vacuum, I think it's kind of a toss-up between these guys. I think that Mike Vrabel is a coach that had kept a close eye on Deion Lewis, had seen what he had done for his old New England Patriots, and sees Deion Lewis playing that same kind of role for this team. I think it's going to be a split backfield. I think it's going to be impossible to tell which player is, is going to be the best play week in and week out. I do think that Derrick Henry comes with a, more of the touchdown upside, don't don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, but I, I just – I think that there's – I don't think that alone is enough, especially if we're talking PPR. I don't think that alone is enough to justify the difference in ADP. And so I'm going to take the guy I can get later. That guy right now is Deion Lewis. I mean, Lewis, I mean, had, Lewis had nine touchdowns last season. Let's see here. Uh, did you get the backyard leak fixed, Alex Dunlap NFL? <laughs> that one goes from at <laughs> Royal Slade, 1965. Uh, I think he was talking about our pod. Or no, that was when we did the Sunday show when I, I had a, I, I, I sprung a leak. It was actually a leak. Do you know what a septic field is, trash man? I don't, but I have a good idea. I think that it's uh, – I, I think that it's – I don't really know either. I haven't had a septic tank since I was a little kid. I have one in my new house. And I think it's this area where it, like, redistributes, like, the clean water from your septic into your, like, into the – into, like, a field of grass, right? Because if it's an aerobic system, I think it – I think it, like, uh, it kind of – uh, it, get, it, like, it gets the septic like sludge out of there, right? And right. then I think it somehow extrapolates like the water, and the water is somehow again kind of kind of clean, probably kind of like gray water, right? And then that goes like down into these pipes that go underneath your uh, yard or underneath your septic field, and then I think those are like drip pipes. They, they just kind of let the water out. And but these pipes, they like come to an end and they're these little tops that sort of come out and there's like these little white spots that's out, that are out in the yard or out in your septic field, wherever it is. And you see these little white PVC things at people's yards who have houses that have septic tanks. Uh, the, the listeners probably know what I'm talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about, Trash Man? Have you seen those kind of white PVC things in people's yards? I absolutely have. <laughs> And, yeah, so but, it was that thing that was shooting up like a like fucking old faithful because I had to turn off a breaker to install a, like a new ceiling fan, and I, when I when I turned the breaker back on, that thing shot up like a fucking geyser. And do you know what I did, dude? I pulled a Bob Vila and I figured out how to fix that fucker all on tape? my own. Mounds and mounds of of, of, <laughs> of, of, of tape because that's how that's how I would do it, or <laughs> no. or hire someone to do it. That's how I fix it. 
<laughs> All right, and here's a, here's a couple of just quick hit ones that we'll get out of here with, uh, so I can I can uh, I can pick my son here off the floor and see what is it about these fucking kids, dude? He is literally he's nothing like my daughter. All he wants to get into <laughs> is trouble. Because now he's he's like my daughter was a little bit more like guarded and like you know very curious, but more kind of just um, judgy a, a, a con- and very child. like sketched out by things. Yeah, you know what I mean, kind of like that. Whereas this one doesn't give a shit about anything. He's always got this big goofy ass <laughs> grin on his face. He's always shitting his pants. He doesn't care. He's laughing about it, giggling about it. My daughter, when she'd go to potty in her pants, she would cry and cry and cry. He doesn't give a damn. He'll go all day with a dirty diaper, and and all he does is anytime I put him on the ground. Now he's learned to crawl. He's about to turn six months old, and so he's 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 getting to where he's crawling. And all he wants to do is to go over and stick his finger in the motherfucking electric socket, or he wants to. Do you know where the set? You know very well where the setup is over here in my office, where the um, like where the bar stools are and the yeah. cords for the headphones for the for the Sirius set. He all, all all he wants to do is take those cords and wrap them around he's his neck. He's very tactile. Like, he wants to. You know, he's just. I'm serious. Like. You you give him you give him like you literally you give him all of these little toys and all this little <laughs> stuff. He'll put this fucking lion guard toy right aside, and he'll do and he'll just crawl directly over to like a just like a rusty screw, you know, come like coming out of the bottom of one of these uh, one of these uh, chairs and one of these antique chairs in here, and like and and try to you know lick it with his tongue. And I, I guess I, I can't believe him. So we're gonna, we're gonna power through these. It, these comes from Mike uh, at Mike Guggs on Twitter. Mike Jugs maybe on Twitter. Mike Guglielmo. Mike Guglielmo. <laughs> Mike Mike Guglielmo. I think. Uh, so just rapid fire here to here to trash man. Marshawn Lynch or Doug Martin. Lynch. Every time, even though John Gruden's been talking up Doug Martin recently. Oh, I mean, are we going by what we've seen in the past from either of those players? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what he's. You can frame the answer any way that you want to. Byron is Byron has a little bit of sneaky love for Doug Martin. He thinks that John Gruden's going to find out really quickly just how cockamamie beast mode is and might not want to put up with his ass. Do you, can you, in good conscience, choose Doug Martin over Marshawn Lynch? No. Okay. No. How much of a hold does Lamar Miller have on the starting job in Houston? I think he's. I think it's a 65, 65, 35. What, are, are you at all convinced that Deontay Foreman's going to be healthy coming off Achilles surgery? No, I'm I not. think he's going to start the season off on the physically unable to perform, and we know that Alfred Blue's not going to take his job. That very well could be the case, and if he does and Miller performs well, you know, I don't think there will be in any hurry. Uh, to replace him. Okay, and there here's a couple of other things. Um, but he's asking about the Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry split, and he's asking about Patrick Mahomes. So I don't, I don't, I don't think we need to go back into any of those guys. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to read. I thought there was one more. Okay, 12 team dynasty PPR. And this will be the last one. This one comes from uh, Craig Shaughnessy. 
We'll need to cut two of these three wide receivers, Josh Doxson, Mike Williams, or Will Fuller, and he needs to cut one quarterback, Big Ben, Winston, or Mahomes. That's tough, man. Um, in Dynasty, I might, I might get rid of Ben and just roll the dice with Jameis Winston and Pat Mahomes. What do you think if, as far as quarterbacks? I, don't th- I, I think Big Ben's only going to be around for another year or two. I know he says he's going to play another four years, but at this time next season, he's or at the end of the season this year, he's going to talk about retirement again. He's going to mull it over. I agree. I mean, and when's the last time he played a complete season? Did he play a complete season last year? I don't. I don't think he did. I don't. I don't remember too much Landry Jones last season. It seems like the couple years before that, we saw a lot of him. Let's see. I'll just see if I can pull up his pull up his stats here on the roster watch feed. It is. He played last year 15 games. So, yeah, he hadn't played a complete season since 2014. 12 games in 2015, 14 in 2016, 15 in 2017. Um, Yeah, I think I would keep those two quarterbacks. I love Patrick Mahomes and Dynasty, and I think that – um, I think that Jameis Winston's in for a bounce back year this season. He's young. He has his number one prime target in Mike Evans locked up for the long term. So we'll take those guys. Now the next one just gets really hard. Golden son of Roster Watch Nation, Josh Doxson. A guy who was a golden son, Mike Williams, who I think with the injury to Hunter Henry might be the ba- you know one of the biggest beneficiaries outside of Keenan Allen because who are they going to look to in the end zone now with Antonio Gates gone, Hunter Henry gone. Um, you know, this could be a Mike Williams kind of breakout year because he was the contested catch specialist and the beastly go up and get it jump ball guy for Clemson. He was the number, what, the number nine overall pick? Number seven, eight, nine overall pick for the for the Chargers. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, last year was a wasted rookie season, but that's a lot of draft capital for that guy. And then, of course, Will Fuller, who was uber efficient last season. Uh, can that efficiency stay the same, though? For me in Dynasty, that's a really, really tough question. Who do you got between Josh Jackson, Mike Williams, and Will Fuller? Two out of those three. To me, uh, it's... I'm going to go with the upside, so I would probably say Fuller would be the odd man out. Yeah, it's tough, man, because Fuller was a beast, but I, I kind of get it. I go with the upside. I go with the guys that we've seen with our own two eyes, the guys that we've done the most work on, Josh Doxson, Mike Williams. I think that people are going to be completely scared off Mike Williams. They're going to think that that's a really hot take, that we would like him at Dynasty over Will Fuller. But, look, I'm going to fade the efficiency of Will Fuller from last season. I know that he had bad hands in college. He is super fast. He does have a great quarterback that's going to put those guys in great position. I think he's a super, super tough question i mean i mean he, got, he, I, I, I i don't know why you gotta you, you can't trade away one of those guys can't you just trade away one of those guys i mean in, in dynasty do you have to cut two do you have to cut two, you can't just trade like fuller plus big ben to get like uh, an upgrade somewhere or something i don't know well if you can it do that then like, yes it's just it's a tough decision man it's well, a really tough decision but if it were me i think i'm with trash man i would keep josh Doxson and i would keep mike williams just betting on the come there with mike williams i i mean all of these guys are guys that have first round pedigree they're all guys who have you know different things to really 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 like about their skill sets and their situations with that being said i you know god i don't know didn't, mike, didn't, mike, didn't mike williams versus will what here, here's the one thing with mike williams versus will fuller will fuller has deshaun watson for the foreseeable 
foreseeable future. How much longer is Mike Williams going to have Phillip Rivers? That's true. But then didn't Fuller have surgery at the beginning of this year? I th- knee yeah, surgery? I, it wasn't. No, it wasn't knee, was it? Yeah. He had something, but he came back off something. No, it wasn't. It was, a, it was a rib or it was like a. No, no. He, he, had, he underwent minor knee surgery in January. Oh, after the season was over. Yeah. I'm not worried. Will Fuller's going to be fine. That's so tough, man. Are you sure that you want to go Mike Williams over Will Fuller? I'm not certain. <laughs> <laughs> I think, man, I think honestly I've talked myself into Josh Doxson and, and Will Fuller. But, God, it's, it's so hard to cut Mike Williams. I think what we're going I – th- I, th- I, th- I think what we're saying here is we're probably a little bit lower on Will Fuller than consensus, a little bit higher on Mike Williams than consensus. With that being said, I'm not going to let it shroud my analysis. I'm going to say Fuller and Doxson. Trash man says Mike Williams and Doxson. But for him, it's a crying call as well. I have a little crying call from a little crying baby, my son, Merritt Ridley Dunlap. So for Merritt Ridley Dunlap, a golden son of Roster Watch Nation, for the Trash Man, for Byron Lambert, and all of Roster Watch Nation, our pro members at Roster Watch. This has been the Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. Merritt, do you, do you have anything you want to say, son? For the first time, I'll show. You got something, or you just he, want to eat that thing? He has not. <laughs> hey, for the first time, you don't want to say anything because you're just trying to hold on to the microphone. We will see you next time.